Now, Genesis chapter 10 is known as the table of nations. The table of nations. The purpose of this chapter, it's given at the beginning in verse 1. It's given at the end in verse 32. Its purpose is to explain how the earth was repopulated after the flood. All right, so we've been through uh, chapters 1 through 9. You know, we, we saw everything go on. We got through the flood. We, we, we saw Noah in his heyday. We saw Noah's skeletons. And here we are where they're, 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 they're coming out of the boat and they are spreading out. All right? they, are, they are repopulating after the flood um, by the descendants of Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. All right? Uh, because of many of the, uh, the biblical references that we're going to read here, many of the nations, they're easy to figure out. Uh, some of them uh, based on archaeology. Some of them based on linguistics. Uh, scholars have been able to figure out where each of those are in terms of geographically. Right? So um, even though this chapter may seem, you know, on, on one hand it's like, all right, it's just another genealogy. But in, in reality, it's, it's cool because it helps us to establish that the book of Genesis, it's a history and not a collection of fables. All right? The Bible's not just made up. Many, many people consider the Bible a, a collection of made-up fables. But we read in 2 Peter 1.16, it says, For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So on the contrary, when the Bible de- depicts historical events, guess what? History finds them out. When archaeology finds out, it, it proves the Bible. Right? It's, it's not the other way around. The Bible has been found to be accurate. So the table of nations tells us how the family of one man, Noah, grew into a world of nations and languages. Now remember, the listing here is not a typical genealogy. You know, so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. And, uh, but the writer here reminds us that these ancient peoples had their own families, their own languages, had their own lands, had their own nations. And the writer will remind us of that through each of the three brothers. So in other words, this is a genealogy plus an atlas plus a history book. So it's kind of cool. It... it, it uh, ties it all together. We're going to be watching the movements of people and nations in the ancient world. You know, sometimes it's difficult to identify some of the nations and give them modern names, the way we would recognize them. Um, But over the centuries, nations can change their names, they can move to different places, and they can modify their language so that, that they don't even, you know, have a hint of what they look like. So, for example, many years ago, there was a city, it was called Petrograd. And then it was called St. Petersburg. And then it was called Leningrad. And now it's St. Petersburg again. And so names change. Who knows what it's going to be next year. Um, at one point, a city uh, in history was, uh, was called Byzantium. It was the capital of the whole world. And then they changed the name to Constantinople. And then now it's been changed to Istanbul. So you might recognize those. Those are all three of the same city, all right? So keep that in mind. Um, man, I was thinking back to 1991, the dissolution of the Soviet Union. You know, it used to be, you know, one big country, 11 time zones wide. And now there are so many countries and, you know, Kazakhstan, all the stand countries. And it's like, man, I have a hard time keeping track. So it went from one to so many. 
Even in our country, there's a place called Cape Canaveral. Okay? They used to launch rockets from Cape Canaveral. And then they called it Cape Kennedy. Right? And then it's back to Cape Canaveral. It's rumored that next year it could be Cape Hillary. I hope not. But, but that's a whole other story. Right? All right. So, you know, we keep changing the names of things. So in, in, in Scripture, prophets wouldn't write about the, the people groups who we would recognize. Prophets would write about the people groups based on their ancestors. So that way you knew the foundation of each of those people groups. So, for example, when Isaiah is writing about the fall of Babylon, well, guess what? Babylon hadn't even risen as an empire yet. When Isaiah wrote about Persian Empire a hundred years before it even existed, he used their name of their ancestors, Elam. So the descendants of Elam were the Persians. And so that's what, that's what Isaiah used, so that we knew who he was talking about. You don't change your ancestors. You're kind of stuck with them. You don't have a choice. Right? Now, chapter 10 contains 70 names, many of which I couldn't pronounce the same way twice. All right, so hang in there with me. A few of them we'll highlight because they're important for uh, further study. We're going to see them again and hear them again. Uh, some we'll never hear of again. Uh, it's my normal style to read through the passage once, uh, even before in its entirety, but tonight I don't want to push it. All right, so we're just going to jump right in. All righty, let's pray. Father, we love you, and we are so thankful that you're in charge of the nations. Uh, you are the hope of the nations. I just loved, as we were worshiping you, the, the lyrics talked about the whole earth and the hope of the nations, all the things that we're talking about tonight. So, Lord, we lift this country to you, and we know that you are in charge of everything. So, God, we, we, uh, we rest in you, and we thank you for uh, where we live and what we're able to do, including meeting together here to learn more about you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All righty. Genesis 10.1 says, Now this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah. So that's who we're starting with. So Noah's the grand-grandfather, right? So Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and his sons were born to them after the flood. So this is the focus of the chapter, and it's, we're going to see this repeated back uh, at the end in verse 32. Then it says, the sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tyrus. So Japheth was the father of the Indo-European uh, peoples. So when you look at the map, and it's okay that you can't see detail. I just want you to see areas. And so when we're looking at the map for Japheth, look at the red parts. That's where Japheth and his sons ended up. That's where they populated. Now, I'll give you a few details. So, for example, Gomer, from this son of Japheth, came the Germanic people. So they ended up in Germany. So when we talk about Indo-European, so they went north. And uh, from whom they came, most of the original peoples of all of Western Europe. Uh, these include the original French, the Spanish, and the Celtic settlers. So just, just remember, Gomer, who came from Japheth, they went north. They're red. Alrighty, Magog... The, the, the brother Magog, that, that Greek name, we'd know it maybe and recognize it as the Scythians. Now, the Scythians, they settled in far north of Europe, and they became the Russian people. All right? So when you think of Magog, now that should ring a bell if you've studied Ezekiel, 
Magog is, uh, is, is an important player, one of the three. We're going to talk about that. Um, the Scythian army was a nomadic army. They were, they were on horseback. They were amazing in two things, riding horses and shooting arrows. They could, at a full gallop, take a bow and an arrow and shoot birds out of the air. Okay? I can't even hold on. But these guys were amazing. One of the things that they utilized was a battle strategy that was called defense in depth. And so what they would do, they would attack uh, an opposing army and then pull back. They would retreat. And the other army would say, ho, ho, we got them now. And they would chase after them and spread out so thin that they couldn't be supported. And so whether it was food or ammunition or in many times it was the weather, okay, the weather would kill off the attacking armies. So um, this strategy saved Russia against Napoleon and the same strategy uh, saved Russia against Hitler. That's what happened, is that same strategy. Now the son Madai, from this son of Japheth came the ancient Medes, and we call them Kurds. Okay, so the Kurds, they live on, uh, uh, on this side of the red, right? Now the Kurds are interesting because they don't have their own country. They live with other people. They live in Iran, they live in Iraq, but uh, they're a people group without a country. Finally, Javan, uh, he, he um, was the descendants of the ancient Greeks. Uh, they were uh, seafaring folks and uh, pretty amazing in, in, um, in sailing. And then Tubal and Meshech, uh, Meshech they uh, are the two plus Magog who comprise the three groups that and you read in uh, Ezekiel that uh, participate in the invasion of, uh, of Israel. That could be, you know, quickly on our horizon. And then finally, Tyrus, uh, his descendants ended up in Italy. Okay? So the sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Ripoff, and Tugomar, Tugarma. Woo. From this son of, of Gomer came the peoples who settled north of Judea in what we call the Fertile Crescent. And to Garma came the Armenians, so you recognize the, the, the term Armenians. And then the historian Josephus, he links Riphath to, to another group that was um, populated Europe. So they went north also. The sons of Jovan were Elisha, Turnish, Kidium, and Dodanum. And the, the group that stands out to me in, from, from this uh, set of brothers uh, some scholars believe that Tarshish is what is presently known as the British Isles. Okay? So, you know, the England, Ireland, Scotland. From Scripture, we know that Tarshish was a distant island and that they were uh, an excellent source of tin, the metal tin. Britain is still a world source of tin. And so it's very possible... Think about it, Jonah, who's trying to get as far away from Nineveh, right? He ends up, he could be jumping on a ship to Tarshish before God changed his plans and took him back his own, his own way, right? Verse 5, from these the coastland peoples of the Gentiles were separated into their lands according to his language, according to their families, and into their nations. So that's, that's the end of Japheth. All right, so Japheth uh, went, went north. They were the red. The sons of Ham. 
The sons of Ham in, in verse 6. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mitzaram, Put, and Canaan. Here you're going to look at the green. All right? I thought Dr. Seuss, green eggs and... There, that's, that's when I thought this. It's like, oh, this would be easy to remember. Right? So Ham is green. And so they went south. And so the descendants of Ham are the peoples who populated Africa and the Far East. Cush, apparently this family divided into two branches early. Some founded Babylon. One of those was Nimrod. Okay? So one of Ham's descendants, I'm sorry, Cush's descendants was Nimrod. And the others founded Ethiopia. Put was west of Libya, the north region of North Africa, west of Egypt. Canaan refers to the people who originally settled the land of uh, what we think of, of Israel and its surrounding regions. So that should be pretty familiar to us. Verse 7, the sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Ramah, and Sabtaktaktata. I don't know, man. <laughs> at this point, at this point after, after this list, there's, there's a parenthesis. And there's a parenthesis to discuss uh, a, famous, a famous guy, his name was Nimrod. And Nimrod was the founder of a, of a great empire. So Cush begot Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one on the earth. And when it says that, it is not in a good way. All right? he, this was not a compliment. Nimrod was not a good guy. And, uh, and if somebody calls you Nimrod, it's not a compliment. All right? So one son of Cush is Nimrod, and, and he's described as a mighty one on the earth. And he ruled over Babel. And literally this ruling over Babel, and you're going to read all about it next chapter, in chapter 11. We're going to read about the Tower of Babel. And uh, uh, this was the first organized rebellion of humans against God. Right? So even the name Nimrod itself says it, it means let us rebel. Okay? In verse 9, it says, He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it says, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. So the context here, like I said, is it's not a compliment. It's, it's not a good thing. The idea is that uh, Nimrod was actually an offense before the face of God. He, he was drawing people into a, a rebellious nature. And in the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kalne, and, and all of these were in the land of Shinar. Okay, uh, where am I at? 13... 14. Wow. Nine, oh, that's why. Okay. So in, uh, in verse 10, it says in the beginning, so Nimrod's the founders of, of these cities. Um, Babel ultimately becomes Babylon. And we can look literally at the Bible as a tale of two cities. Okay. On one hand, Jerusalem, ruled by God. And on the other hand, God's city uh, would be Jerusalem and Babylon would be man's city or Satan's city. And we're going we're gonna to be able to look at those juxtapose and, and do in con, contrast and compare as, as we read it here, as we read it in chapter 11, and then as we read it in, in Revelation. And so uh, the, the city of Babylon with Nimrod, Nimrod being the head of that, uh, it's... Um, is not a good thing. And so we're going to learn lots about uh, Babylon in, in chapter 11. Verse 11, From that uh, land he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir-Kalah, and Rezin, between Nineveh and Kalah. That is the principal city. So once again, 
when you hear the, the city Nineveh, this was where this is where Jonah was supposed to go to before he started going to Tarshish. But then, you know, he got a a, a little change of plans. So Nimrod built four cities in Shinar and four in Assyria. And what's interesting is both Babylon and Assyria both became enemies of Israel, but God used them to chasten his disobedient people. All right, so once again, they might not be great, but they're of use to God. God's in control. Verse 13, Mitzram begot Lydium, Anamin, Lahabin, Naphtulhim, Pathrusim, and Kazluhim, from whom came the Philistines and Kaphtorim. So Mitzram are the Egyptians, and it's interesting to note that the Philistines uh, originally came from, the, the, from, from Egypt. Verse 15, Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Hythe, and the Jebusite, the Amorite, and the Girgashite, the Hivite, the Archite, and the Sinite, the Arvaradite, and the Zemurite, and the Hamathite. Afterwards, the families of the Canaanites were dispersed. Um, this verse talks about the Sinites. Where do you think the Sinites settled? Las Vegas. The, uh, get it? All right. Just kidding. Anyway, many scholars believe that the Orientals uh, actually descended from the Sinites. I gotcha. <laughs> All right. And the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon as you go toward Gerar, as far as Gaza. Then you go toward Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim, as far as Lasha. Now, if you look at the little green square up there, inside of that is the Dead Sea. And so the um, Sodom and Gomorrah is the southeast corner of the Dead Sea. So it's, that's kind of uh, right in, in, the, uh, in the area. Verse 20, these were the sons of Ham, according to their families, according to their language, in their lands and in their nations. All right? So when you think of Ham, he went south. All right? So look at the green. So that finishes Ham, and now on to Shem. Now, Verse 21 says, And children were born also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth the elder. The sons of Shem were Elam, Ashur, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. Once again, Isaiah speaks of Elam. Remember that Elam are the descendants of the Persian Empire. Verse 23, The sons of Aram were Uz, Rol, Gether, and Mash. In 24, Arphaxax, uh, Exad, begot Selah, and Selah begot Eber. To Eber was born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. Now that's interesting because some scholars believe that it's at this point, up to this point, all of the continents were still shoved together into what you learned as Pangaea. Remember how you looked at a map and you saw wow, it kind of looks like all of these just kind of fit together like a big puzzle, right? Well, scholars, some scholars believe that it's at this point when those continents divided. Um, the name Peleg actually uh, means division, okay? Some scholars believe that at this point, uh, this is when the nations described in chapter 11, when we talk about the Tower of Babel, that... Uh, uh, this division refers to a special dividing 
due to languages. This is when God spread everybody out by changing their languages. Um, I don't know. I think it, I think it, my personal opinion is that it happened more during the flood uh, when those continents were, were moving. Verse 25 continues, And his brother's name with Joktan, and Joktan begot Alobad, Shelef, Haverzamareth, Gerard, this is really good, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Obdad, Abimael, Sheba, Ofer, Ahavila, and Jobab. All of these were the sons of Joktan, and their dwelling place was from Mesha, as you go towards Sephar, the mountains of the east. So all of these sons uh, under the son of Joktar, uh, these are all uh, associated with various um, Arabic peoples. All right? So a variety of Arabic. Um, the one that's called Jobad may be the one that we know as Job, okay? historically. Verse 31, these were the sons of Shem according to their families, according to their languages, in their lands, and according to their nations. So once again, um, Shem uh, was, was yellow. So this list of names and places, as bad as I tore them up, right? Uh, here in Genesis, Genesis 10, it, it carries with it some important theological truths. And so we might read through these and, and just zoom right by, but uh, the big picture is that um, Jehovah God is, is the Lord of the nations, Right? He's in charge. Um, the first truth that, that we can walk away with this evening is that God gave the nations there an inheritance. Okay? God gave the nations their inheritance, and he determined the times before they were appointed and the bounds of their habitation. He laid all this out. Acts 17.26 says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. I love that God's in charge. Second truth. In spite of external differences, all of the nations belong to the same human family. Okay? We're all people. God gave us all one blood. Acts 17.26 talks about that. And no race or people can claim to be superior over any other race or people. And you know, while in his providence, God's permitted some nations to make greater progress than others, economically and politically, um, but their achievements don't prove that they're any better than anybody else. I love Proverbs 22.2. It reads, the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The third truth from Genesis 10 is that God has a purpose for the nations to fulfill. This account that we read in Genesis makes it clear that God's chosen nation was Israel, still is. He's not done with them yet. But God also used Egypt and Babylon and Assyria and Medo-Persian and Rome. He used all of these to accomplish his purposes in reference to the Jews. Okay? He used others to, uh, to, to shape and form the Jews. And you know what? The church's commission to go out into all the world, it, it isn't a New Testament afterthought. It's not a new idea. It's written into the fabric of the Old Testament story. It's there. So we're to go on to all of the world, including the rave world. 
All right? We need to reach out to those kids. Our fourth truth says um, God is concerned for all the nations. Frequently in the book of Psalms, you're going to read all ye lands and all nations. Kind of the same things that we sung tonight. It was just cool the way the Lord does that. It's like that, that uh, you know, when, it, when it's a focus, uh, you think big picture, not just here in Running Springs. Psalms 66, 1 through 8 and 67, you know, both express this, this universal vision that all the nations of the earth uh, come to know God and to serve him. Uh, the, the, the church commission, once again, it's, 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 it's tied through the Old Testament. Finally, verse 32, these were the families of the, of the sons of Noah according to their generations in their nations and from these nations were divided on the earth after the flood. So Genesis 10 wraps up where it started is that there's families with generations in their own nations and, uh, and, and we read um, in terms of their language and their borders. I, th- I thought um, that uh, that Psalm 66 was such an appropriate uh, psalm to finish with tonight. And uh, if we could all stand and let's read God's word together. All right, let's read this together. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All of the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing towards the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There we will rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. O bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for this evening. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessing on your people. I pray, Father, that we as your people would continue to make a joyful shout to God. Let me pray for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a blessed week. Thanks for being here.